Well, the title of the message this morning is a Sabbath setup. And uh, we're looking at a fight that Jesus is having with uh, Pharisees once again. You know, I told, I think I told Allison uh, over the weekend that I was preaching on uh, Jesus healing on the Sabbath. And she said, again? Didn't we just do that a couple weeks ago? And I said, yes, again. I mean, this is a... This is a situation that happened over and over again in Jesus' ministry. This is one of eight confrontations Jesus had with religious people uh, over healing um, on the Sabbath. And, um, you know, why? Why is this mentioned so often in Scripture? Well, I think, you know, we experience that as Christians over and over again who, you know, religious people who are conscientious of the rules. Rules are very important to them. Uh, Walter Luther, Martin Luther said this, that um, when it comes to religion, it is the default mode of the human heart. I mean, we like to gravitate toward religion. We like to know where the boundaries are and to live within those boundaries and make everybody else aware of those boundaries. And we're just obsessed with the boundaries, making sure that other people follow their way, their rules for being a follower of God. And uh, this was one of two big issues that Jesus had with religious people. Uh, The first issue was this. Where does authority reside? For the religious people, for for the Pharisees, it was imperative, it was important to them that people follow the Torah and people follow the traditions the words of man. And this was the big deal of the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation said, sola scriptura. It is scripture alone. That is our authority. But when it came to religious people, um, not only was it scripture, but it was reason. It was human experiences. It was... um, the, the, the fathers of uh, the Old Testament and their commentary on the Torah and their rules, they were just as important as the Torah. And this was their authority. And when you look today at the Christian church, um, you'll see the Catholic church. And the Catholic church is... Um, all about not only scripture, but tradition as well. Not only is scripture important, but it's man's interpretation of scripture. It's what the early church fathers said. It was uh, man's experience. And all these things are just as important as the scripture. And that's not what the... And, that's, and the prof, Protestant Reformation rebelled against that. No, it is scripture alone. Tradition, commentary, human human experience, it all comes beneath scripture. Yes, what the early 
church fathers um, interpreted according to Scripture. That's important, and we respect them. But that is not on the same level as Scripture itself. And so here we see um, these Pharisees, their opinion, their interpretation of the Torah, of the Torah is just as important as the Torah itself. So that's the first argument. And then the second argument that Jesus continued to have with uh, religious people was this. What, what company should you keep? I mean, they were, they were irate. They were offended that Jesus continued to hang out with sinners. Uh, being with sinners was wrong. And, uh, and religious people looked as, as sinners as an infectious disease. And you couldn't get too close with them or you would catch that disease. You would catch that cold. And so they would stay away. But that wasn't Jesus. And they kept questioning Jesus. Jesus, why do you keep hanging around with people who are sick? And Jesus says, because I'm a doctor. And I've come to... To heal the sick, not the well. And I think that's, as Christians, we get in, in trouble with that too today. We, we see as sinners as if they've got the flu and we've got to stay away from them. And, and that, uh, you know, that speaks volumes in this day and age, doesn't it? With the flu going around and we want to stay away from people who are sick. But when Jesus saw sinners, he wasn't repelled gravitated towards them and religious people were offended by this and so here's jesus going through the book of luke and he has these religious stalkers okay and they just keep watching jesus to make sure that they follow the rules and if he doesn't follow the rules he's gonna let them have it all right and so that brings us to our text this morning, and we're going to read the first six verses. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and the Pharisees, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him on his way. And he said to them, Which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately put him out? And they could not reply, to these things. Here we are again, and Jesus is encountering a setup. Okay? They've the, the, the Pharisees have purposefully set up Jesus to see what he's going to do. Jesus is invited over to the Pharisees' house. I'm amazed he went. You know, if, if I was being hounded for 13 chapters about what to do and not to do with these religious folks, and I was invited over, 
there's no way that I would have gone over and uh, fellowshiped with them. But you know what? That wasn't Jesus. You know, Jesus wasn't like the religious people who had their, their, their fists up looking for a fight. That wasn't Jesus at all. Jesus was a man with his arms out looking for friends. And even though these were Jesus' enemies, he continued to reach out to them. He continued to love them, to be with them, just as he did all the other sinners. And so here we see this Sabbath set up. And what did the Pharisees do? They invited a man who had dropsy. Now, what is dropsy? Dropsy is kind of like um, congestive heart failure today. Um, his body uh, was filling with fluid. And with that fluid, it was hard to breathe. It was hard to walk and uh, very painful. And here these religious people sit, invite this man with dropsy over. And they don't care about the man with dropsy. You know, they're not interested in him being healed. What they're interested in is what Jesus is going to do with this man. You know, in their rule book, Jesus better not heal this man. You know, they've only invited Dropsy Dan over to see what Jesus is going to do. I mean, their minds are twisted at this point. It's not about love. It's not about concern for Dropsy Dan and his need. No, it's all about their rules. Jesus, what are you going to do? Are you going to live in our boundaries? Or are you going to go against our rules? And if you go against our rules, we are going to let you have it. <clears throat> That's their Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. In religious people's minds, it's an opportunity to be with God. And part of their rule keeping is on the Sabbath, you do absolutely nothing. Nothing. Don't be bothered by needs around you. That's the attitude of the Pharisees. And they expect everybody else to live by that same conviction. And so they've invited Dropsy Dan over, the big setup. So here comes Jesus with the Pharisees into the house. You know, even before Jesus is entering the house, he knows this is a setup. You know, and he walks in. And I'm sure immediately, that's the heart of Jesus, immediately, Jesus sees the need. He sees Dropsy Dan. Probably says to himself, good one, guys. And so here the Pharisees and Jesus with Dropsy Dan, they probably just kind of sit around in a circle and visit with each other. And all Jesus can be thinking about is Dropsy Dan. His need. He's hurting. 
And I'm sure the Pharisees instructed Dropsy Dan. Now, when Jesus comes over to the house, Dropsy, really play up your illness. Okay? Let Jesus know that you're hurting. Make yourself obvious. And so here Jesus is. He's watching Dropsy Dan. He's thinking of his needs. And he asks the Pharisees a question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? The Bible says there was silence. I'm sure there was big silence. They're at a dilemma. What are they going to say? If they say no, it's unlawful to heal on the Sabbath, guess what? They're going to come across as uncaring, unloving. And they don't want people to know their heart, even though that is exactly true. That's what... that. That's who they are, but they don't want to come across that way. And then there's the alternative. What if we say yes? Yes, it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath. If they say yes, Jesus is going to say, you're absolutely right. And guess what? Your rule book that you follow so closely, it's wrong. You might as well throw it out. It's good to heal. It's good to do good on the Sabbath. And so here's, here was the question. And the Pharisees are struggling. And the Bible says they were silent. I'm sure, I'm sure it was a huge, awkward silence. Imagine for a minute, sitting in this circle... No one's saying a word, but there's Dan. I hope Jesus let that awkwardness go on for 20 minutes. Really, just let them think about what they are, who, what they're doing. And after the silence, the Bible says, verse 4, then he took him and healed him and sent him away. Jesus got up and he took Dropsy Dan. I don't know. Did he take him by the shoulders? Did he get on his knees? Look at him in his eyes. Put his hands on his knees. Say, you're well. But Jesus took him. Jesus loved him. Jesus was cared about him. Jesus saw that there was a need and he needed to do something about it. That's why he came. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came to meet the needs of those who were suffering. 
Bible says he healed him and he sent him on his way. Get out of this caustic place. Get away from these mean-spirited people. You're whole. And he left. Jesus wasn't through. He then illustrated the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. And he asked, which one of you, if you had a son or an ox that fell into the well, which one of you wouldn't do something about it? I like, I like how we put son or ox. You know, sons and oxes, man, they're there to, to uh, make our life easier, Dad. Well, I haven't mentioned that to my boys yet, but I am going to use that verse. But uh, actually, you know, what if you had a son or an ox that fell into a well? What would you do? You know, what, what if Kyle fell into the well? Oh, Kyle, I'm so sorry. Man, I wish I could help you, but it's the Sabbath. Kyle, you should have fell in the well on Thursday. But because it's the Sabbath or it's close to the Sabbath, you know what? I got to crank something. I got to get a rope down there, and that would be work. And I can't do that because there's people watching me and there's rules I've got to keep. So, son, can you hang in there till Sunday? Oh, I know. I wish I'd given you more swimming lessons. But you can do your best. And I'll come back and check on you. Would we do that? Absolutely not. Pharisees wouldn't have done that been their son or their ox on the Sabbath, they would have done everything in their ability. They would have called their friends and they would have all helped him get that ox out of the well. What was the Sabbath? Well, what does the Bible then say? Uh, There was more silence. What was the Sabbath to the Pharisees? Keeping the Sabbath wasn't what wasn't about what mattered to God. To the Pharisees, keeping the Sabbath was what mattered to them. Instead of seeing a need and meeting it, They had to maintain their pious religious attitude and live by their own convenient rules and only do what was convenient to them. That was the Sabbath to them. So, in looking at this passage this morning, um, I want to 
I want to look at how the Sabbath applies to our church. And um, when I look at this passage and its application this morning, Jesus says this, it's about the Sabbath. It's good to do good on the Sabbath. It's good to do good on the Sabbath. Now, as I share this application this morning, please know I'm not talking about the 15% of our church that does 80% of the work. Okay? I'm not talking to you. You're serving. uh, You're not a spectator, but you are an important participant. This message isn't for you. If you have health issues that's keeping you from from serving and you've served in the past but your body just isn't allowing you to do that anymore and in the capacity that you used to this message isn't for you either this message isn't for uh, the new people in our church the new members who are still trying to um, figure this place out and find out what their place in this church is I'm not talking to you either I'm I'm talking about the able body members who have been here, both short-term and long-term. Let this passage speak to your heart. This passage relates to all who see and hear, see the need, but refuse to help in our church because it's inconvenient on their Sabbath. I'm your pastor, and I love you. But part of my job is afflicting the comforted. My role is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted. I think there's a lot of us here in our church right now who are very comfortable with their Sabbath. And they don't want to do a whole lot on their Sabbath because it's too taxing. It's all about your convenience. It's about you. It's not about you. It's not about any one of us. It's about Him and doing good on our Sabbath. And we have way too many people in this church who don't want to be inconvenienced on their Sabbath. Sabbath around here, our Sabbath, our Sunday, is pretty important around here. And when it comes to our Sunday's church, we need all hands on deck because it is an opportunity to minister to our largest constituency. We have folks in our church, I know you're busy throughout the week. I know you have important roles to play. And you're just enough busy throughout the week 
so that you can convince yourself, I'm not necessary on Sunday. I want to keep my Sundays for me. And we have a whole lot of needs around here that are going unmet. Listen. Do you hear the difficult breathing? You know who that is? That's Adele Crow. It is. Adele Crow. Adele Crow has the hardest job in this church. And many of you know, because you've gotten many a phone call from her. And some of you are here, you're thinking, boy, I haven't got a phone call from Adele in a long time. You know why you haven't got a phone call from her? Because she's tired of your rejection. And there's a lot more people who you've gotten a phone call from and you don't return her phone calls. Speaking to us this morning, this passage is speaking to us. We have needs. We have needs in the preschool and the children and the youth areas that need to be filled. And we have too many people who have convinced themselves that I don't want to be inconvenienced on my Sabbath. Now, folks, I'm all about breaks. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want this ministry of the church to run you into the ground. So, I understand breathers, and I understand uh, vacations, but I don't understand retirement. Scripture knows nothing about retirement. And yet we've taken that approach. When I say serving on Sunday, I'm not saying that, you know, your your Sunday, your Sabbath needs to be wall-to-wall church. No, I hate that. But we're talking about an hour of serving on Sunday morning. Yeah, there's probably some preparation during the week, maybe two hours of preparation. But you know what? You can break that preparation out throughout your whole week. You can look at the scripture passage, meditate on that scripture passage for six days and allow God to speak to your heart. You can come on Sunday and you can teach from the overflow. And man, it's going to be fun. Some of you are saying, well, you know, I come to church so I can learn. Absolutely. You know who learns the most in a Sunday school class? The teacher does. All right? So if you want to grow, if you want to learn, you want God to use you, when you see a deed, meet it. So that's the application for our church this morning. 
if I'm overreaching, over-applying this passage, you can send me an email, and I'm sure I'm going to get an email. But I don't think I'm stretching things. We have needs that need to be met. The second application of this passage this morning is the fact that Jesus did all the healing of Dropsy Dan. You know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of our salvation. It's a picture of the gospel. Dropsy Dan couldn't heal himself. There was nothing he could do. But Jesus could heal him. And Jesus healed him. And folks, that's the message of the gospel. And we need to be teaching those little ones and those adolescents that the gospel is all about Jesus. Jesus alone saves. And just as you need him in salvation, you need him as you walk each day of your life. We need God's grace in our life. That's good news. That's desperate news that we have a responsibility to share. And the third, I, I said there were two, but the third application is the fact that Jesus healing Dropsy Dan is a picture of what's to come in the kingdom of heaven. I don't want to be disrespectful to those who struggle with congestive heart failure. You know what that's like. You know the difficulty of breathing. I've I've visited people in the hospital where um, medicine no longer worked in uh, draining the body of those fluids, and they were just swollen and in pain. At the end of life. And I want to encourage you this morning to see this passage of Scripture that one day there's not going to be any more congestive heart failure. There's not going to be any more pain or suffering. And every time we see Jesus heal somebody in the Bible, it's a reminder that the kingdom is coming. And we are going to be set free and, and with him in eternity. Well, whole. Keep trusting Jesus. So how is God speaking to your heart? Don't leave here this morning pointing fingers and thinking to yourself, well, they're not serving and that person isn't serving and this person isn't serving. No, you just draw a circle around you and you ask, God, what do you want me to do on the Sabbath? Because it's about you, not me. It's good to do good on the Sabbath. Let's pray. Do you hear the need? Have you seen the need?
Jesus is healed. Every one of us of our dropsy, the fluid of sin in our lives has been completely drained away through the cross of Jesus. That's good news. We need to help others understand.